and welcome to a brand new episode of Lowdown. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by James O'Connor, President of Soccer Holdings, LLC, which incorporates Louisville City in the USL and NWSL's Wrestling Louisville FC. James, big warm welcome to the show. Thank you. Lovely to, to see you again, Connor. Uh, James, as we begin with every guest that comes on the show, could you please take us through your earliest football memory? Earliest football memory will have been going, um, playing with uh, I've three younger brothers. So Daniel's a year younger, two of us going over to Wolf Town, which was about a 10, 10 minute walk. Um, and that was our, our first sort of real experience in, in playing team, team football. Um, so great memories. And obviously, you touched upon it there. I mean. You were a Frampton footballer growing up. Football mad family may have with three younger brothers. You moved to Stoke as a young lad too, James. Upon reflection, did that make you mature a lot earlier as a player? It did. I mean, not just as a player. I think you have to grow up really quick. Um, so I think that was the... Uh, I mean, I'd always dreamed of being a, a, a professional footballer. So I was blessed to be given the opportunity. And that was something that... I felt as if I really wanted to to get after, and at, at sixteen, and you know, looking back now, obviously, it, it was you know a a pretty daring, uh, I would say. Well, well, but not risk. Risk is probably the wrong word, but I mean, it was just it was. I, I equate it now with two children. If one of my children came into me now and said at sixteen they wanted to move to to Canada, they want to move to a different country, and I'd be like, okay, hang on, hang on a second, you know. So, um. But no, it, it worked out, thankfully, and I, I was blessed to be given a, a great opportunity and, and love my time at Stoke. You know, in hindsight, it always looks like an opportunity at the very time frame. It looks like a risk, so it's just one of those. But, I mean, you touched mm -hmm. upon it there. I mean, you had quite the career in the UK, making over 500 pro appearances for the likes of Stoke City, Burnley, Sheffield, Wednesday, so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I was um, I was fortunate. I had a had a good career. I mean, I went over at sixteen. I was fairly determined to make sure that I was, I was going to at least attack it and, and and give give myself every chance to to be successful. And um, yeah, there was some great people at Stoke, great uh, great club and great environment to actually grow up in. You know, at sixteen, you're still, you know, whilst at sixteen you think you're a man, you're you're still a young pup. You know, so um, I think that sort of really helped me at Stoke the, the family environment I'd great host family that we stayed with and um, went on and was able to break into the first team and sort of it gave me a great foundation um, for life not just in, in football It seems to me I mean you've always taken the step earlier than expected with respect to not only playing but coaching and leading where I'm going with this is obviously you made the jump over to the US Um moving there as a player initially, but the transition quickly came to coaching at Louisville. I mean, was this something that was sudden or was it always something on the cards that perhaps you wanted to move into? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt as if coaching was probably the next progression for me after playing. Um, I'd done all my licences. I went through the, the English FA and got my UEFA Pro licence. So I had my Pro licence um, when I came to America Um so it was it was always a progression that I felt was was a good progression, um, and I was fortunate. I was playing in Orlando. We obviously had the opportunity to go MLS. Um, Phil Rawlings, who was the owner at the time, and Adrian Heat was the coach. 
they um, obviously did a great job in preparing the the club um, for MLS. So then, as the team and club were transitioning to MLS, it was uh, USL was given uh, the USL franchise was given to Louisville. So um, interviewed for the uh, for the position, and um, you know Wayne Stoppel was the uh, the gentleman who was a minority owner in Stoke and wanted to take the franchise to to Louisville, and um, unfortunately he had a, a tragic accident um five years ago and, and passed away but um yeah i've a lot to be uh grateful for from from wayne and phil and, and everyone who sort of helped me along the, the way you know and quite correct quite clearly obviously you adapted you know and you had to adapt very quickly i mean was it culturally a big shock for you in fact leaving everything that you knew in the uk moving across to the u.s yeah, I mean it was a, it was a big move. I mean the kids at that stage were were younger, so we felt as if it was a good stage, um, to to move. Um, I mean Ali would have been sort of three and a half, Maisie would have been approaching two. So um, we felt as if if we were going to make a move, that that was probably a, a good time to see. Um, you know if it would work out, and you know thankfully it, it's worked out great, and we're we're American citizens now, and we we love living here, and we've been we've been blessed with the opportunities that the the country has provided us. And obviously, when your name comes into play with U.S. soccer, I mean Louisville City and James O'Connor, they kind of go really hand in hand, and you know that begins you know back in twenty fourteen when the community of Louisville in fact turned out to support the project in force and truly embrace what you were doing as a coach at the time. Now it seems to have gone three hundred and sixty degrees, you know, and truly now in twenty twenty three, the club is really light years ahead from what it once was. I mean, it was only Brandon Morris last year who drove me by the baseball stadium. You guys used to play in downtown. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I have fond memories of the baseball stadium, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, uh, I smile. It, it it wasn't always like this, you know. I mean, now the training ground is incredible and. You know the yeah uh, the stadium the infrastructure our our ownership you know led by by John Neese and and Chris Harding and and all the board have done a phenomenal job. I mean John, John has been very successful. He's uh he's a fantastic leader um and someone that is uh is held in the, in the highest regard by by not just me but but everyone connected with the club. But I think when you look at the growth um you know starting in twenty fourteen in a baseball stadium with you know, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, one field which was your training ground that flooded. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a hell of a journey. But you know, thankfully now we're we're blessed. I mean, it's incredible. Even now where I sit, it's a it's a fifteen million dollar training complex, and um, yeah, it's a it's a completely different environment now. And obviously, that wouldn't have been without the support and report indeed that the club enjoyed with its fan base, and evidently you see that today and the beautiful Lynn Family Stadium downtown. But what would you say were some of the key steps that the took that the club took at the at its very forefront, kind of further ingrained itself within the fan base, James? I think when we started, you you obviously want to try to get on field success, but I think a big piece of it was was making sure that you know the community felt as if we were trying to make an impact. Um, I think we were very intentional about having players and and myself out in the community trying to um to show people that we cared for the community. So whether that was school visits, whether that was camps, clinics, you know, what whatever it was, we tried to 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 get out there, hospital visits, just to to try to give back to the community. Um the players obviously became role models, um, which then is is really important. So then, you know, character 
um of the of the players um and then just the overall commitment from ownership because the first few years are obviously very challenging like any startup it's a you're running a business that you know for us we were playing in a baseball field which wasn't ideal you know there was issues from the business perspective relative to revenue and different aspects so um i think there was a really strong commitment from ownership group to um to not just sort of allow for the team to to get started but really to try to allow it to thrive and to to really sort of um ensure that you know whatever support was needed was was given and building upon that, I mean, how do you take that into your own role as a leader? Because I have to say, the two days which I was afforded to spending in Louisville, Kentucky in August of last year were two of my favourite days on my US trip, James, just in terms of the warmth and the welcome that I was afforded by none other than yourself and the likes of Brandon Morris inside. Um, it seems to me that there is this blue-collar mentality which permeates right throughout the club where people feel like they can really own their jobs and perform to the best of their ability. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, and that's sort of with with John, and that's part of his leadership style that I've really tried to to take from him is, you know, he trusts people to to do their job, and I think you employ people, you give them the the support that they need, and you try to uh, to help and 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 guide as much as you possibly can. But you know, I think everyone that works here, we've we they've been employed for a reason. Um, we have belief in you know everybody. So if your if your role is a player or your role is a coach or your role is um an executive or or part of the uh, the ticket team, you know you're trusted to to do your job and you know you're expected to uh, to behave a certain way. Um, and you're expected to make sure that you're a, you have a team first mentality. And I think that's something that becomes really important to us is we want a collaborative approach. But you know when it comes to to the decision making you're expected to, to make a decision yeah and I mean of course not only in your own career but also right now in your job as president I mean a constant theme is that what you have had to contend with is taking on bigger and better challenges I mean you've helped shape the culture inside the club upon its inception since day one you've helped sustain it now that you're currently building upon it I mean how have you changed in terms of how you grow and develop your people within the Louisville City workforce Great question. Yeah, I mean, I think you you try to encapsulate. I mean, you mentioned blue collar uh, work ethics. So you're you're looking for certain characteristics within people, and trying to get them to understand the importance of um of values and principles. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. Then is you you come from an environment where, as a player, you're you're very much involved in action and execution. As a coach, you then try to influence, um you know you, you strategize and influence and then certainly from an executive standpoint even the 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 training ground so when i first came back um it that was the the main driver was the training ground and obviously launching of the uh, of the new teams but you know trying to make sure that this this strategy along with stringent process along with strong work ethic i think are are you know parts of the equation that lead to um good execution yeah, and from what it looks like there, it seems to be quite robust on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of the tagline or the time of the length it would take. It goes from idea to execution in terms of what strikes me there is there is a team of absolute go-getters. And if you look at the modern-day football club in the US, James, you know, it really is a thriving um, incubation of in terms of how it, 
in terms of revenue generation with respect to looking at the new Lynn family stadium, even little subtle nuances such as the lack of a place to, for instance, get a beer because it all seems to be whiskey bears around the stadium and having restaurants inside the stadium, you know, being able to generate revenue from an inculcation of different areas. So in terms of having that staff, in terms of enabling that growth within community, it seems to be so, so, so big in terms inside. It is. I mean, it's become a big business. I mean, I think when we started, we are obviously a, a USL team in a baseball stadium. Now we've obviously got top tier women's sport in, in Racing Louisville, um, men's team, USL. We've got full academy. We've got $75 million stadium, um, which hosts events. We've got the training ground. We've got some uh, development land around the stadium. So it's it's become a big business. Um, but you know, for every business, you, you you need to have a good product, you need to have good people, and then you need to have good revenue generation. And I think they're all important factors as we sort of continue to to grow. It's just been ahead of, of you know, budgets and targets and thresholds, and then making sure that you've got the right people in the right slots that you know can can execute. Hmm. And I mean, for me, there's your time there seems to have coincided with a lot of seminal moments, such as moving into the seventy five million dollar new stadium. Um, the landmark training ground and also the establishment of the female team. With that being said, there's an awful lot on your plate. So inherently, you must have an awful lot of trust in your people. I suppose, what would be some of the systems and processes you would have for managing your staff? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, weekly weekly meetings are obviously really important. So um, understanding of expectations, I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces Um I also am big on on disc profiling, so understanding um communication skills. So um you know are you familiar with disc or no? Okay, so basically it's a, it's a profiling system which will um will spit out different personality traits and communication skills that you like to receive. Um, so basically when, when somebody's being appointed or if they're a direct report to me, I like to understand those characteristics because it helps them with my communication. So uh, uh, as an example, somebody that's a high D is very driven, very impactful, very forceful, um, would have a, a very much a, a can-do attitude and, and would you know, be, be someone that would be very intentional about action. Um, somebody that would be an S would be very structured, very stylistic, very, um, they like to understand um, what the week looks like. They like to understand on a daily basis what they can expect. They don't really like a lot of change. So for me, then, when you're when you're communicating and understanding the different profiles, if I'm presenting a message to somebody, I want to make sure that I understand their profile to deliver the message in a way that I know is most beneficial to them. Um, so communication becomes a key component, I think, regardless of your position, if you're a coach, if you're a a player, if you're an executive, you know, if you have an inability to communicate and build a relationship with people, then you're you're obviously you're you're struggling before you even got started. Obviously, a key objective of yours is something which you touched upon there, ensuring that you guys are quite sustainable and the going concern for the future. Absolutely. And one of the big things that we spoke about during our time in your office last year was how do you begin to marry belief between the beliefs of winning in the now versus winning in the present and in fact can you have both and I think in your head coach on the men's side Danny Cruz you seem to have a guy who's well equipped at bringing players forward from the academy into first team action and ensuring that you guys are quite sustainably competing at the top end of the USL 
Yeah, I mean, and that's the the biggest sort of um, ongoing challenge for for not just us for for every club is the the development aspect relative to results. So can you, um, can you be at the top end of your division? Can you be winning trophies whilst also developing talent and um, creating a, a sustainable model? Um, you know, Josh obviously got a lot of headlines last year. Uh, his brother Elijah's in the uh, in the team, Carlos. So we've. We've had five from the academy that actually were involved with the first team squad. Um, you know, Josh, obviously the biggest one that's gone out to Benfica now. But so I think being intentional about understanding sort of um the young development talent, what their needs are, and then giving them an opportunity at the right time is has been important. Danny and his team have done a great job of of uh, blending the mix of of sort of young academy talent and and sort of first team squad players that are maybe more older, more experienced. Yeah, and I mean, it all goes hand in hand because obviously people will speak of the World Cup in 2026 as being a key milestone upon the horizon. In fact, you have the Women's World Cup and the Club World Cup on either side, both of which I know are very key to your hair too, James. But Louisville City is a living, I would say, embodiment of what a USL aspires to have in between inside of its clubs. And with you, I suppose, as the key USL franchise being Louisville City FC, I mean, during your tenure at least, how do you foresee the puck moving over the coming years in terms of what you guys will continue to bring to the helm and develop as a as a keystone club within the league? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, we were obviously passionate about winning. Um, you know, I think that's something that uh, is important to to John. It's important to me. It's important to Danny. Um, so I think you obviously want to win. Um, now, alongside that, you obviously want to develop and you want to have great crowds and you, you want to have a great product on the field. And I think as the league continues to grow, we see ourselves hopefully playing a, a, a key part in that. You know, there's been a fantastic new TV deal that's been announced, which has been great for... For all the USL teams, I think standards are starting to to grow and improve, which I think again helps the the league um more exposure. Um honestly in, in Europe relative to the league is probably another factor that the league are trying to get, create a little bit more awareness around what the USL is and um you know, give maybe a bigger platform to some of the players that are actually in the league because there's there's a number of players that have left that have gone on to uh, to do great things. There's a, another young boy up at Charleston. He's um, playing exceptionally well. He'll probably be the next one that'll that will leave the league um, for another big team. So I think there's there's a lot of talent within the league, um, and I think just getting the the rest of the world to understand that there there are really good young players here. Um, I think it's starting to happen and, and hopefully that's something we can help and you know continue growing the the brand of the league and, and developing talent that go on and, and do really uh, great things as, uh, at the highest level. And as someone as yourself, James, who I'd say now is an adopted Louisville or Kentucky man, for want of a better phrase, I mean, you've obviously played a huge role in turning the whole football club into a dominating force. As someone with a lot of responsibility at the helm, what responsibility would you say a football club has to its fans and to its people? I think you need to embody the uh, the values of the area. Um, and I think that's something we've sort of taken on from the onset. I mean, um, you know, Kentuckiana, if you like, because it's so close to, to Indiana. But, you know, generally people from this area would be very blue-collar, hardworking. They, they want to support their team, but they want their team to win, you know. And I think that was something that, you know, there was alignment I can still remember when we landed um our first 
time. We actually flew into Lexington and drove from Lexington down to Louisville. And the um, the drive was very green and reminded me of home and got a really nice feeling. And then the people just around the uh, the city, the conversations, they were always very warm, very kind, very welcoming. Um, and we felt at home, you know, right away. And I think that's something that is is something we've tried to to embody within the organization. We want to be very hardworking. We want to be a great representation of of the city and of the people. And I think that's something we want to to try to do. Fantastic. James, as is closing tradition on every show here on the low then, uh, I begin by asking, what is the one bit of key advice you'd have? for people that are that slightly bit inspired by your pathway today, what would be your one bit of advice be for them? Um, the, the one bit of advice would be, um, you know, keep believing in yourself. And what I mean by that is I think Connor, you did a great job of, of not only coming here, but you went around to multiple teams and actually went and showed great foresight and great attitude to, to continual learning. Um, and I think that's something that I myself am really passionate about. And, you know, dissertation is due you know one day a week um, and that'll be the, the masters hopefully squared away but I, I think continual learning is something that's really important for for all of us and I think there's different ways of learning I mean I have my UEFA pro license I've got my US pro license so hopefully if I can get that dissertation in on time have the, the masters in sport and directorship but um, I've also gone and, and done trips back to the UK and done study visits so I, I think yeah uh, you know, having a burning desire to learn, I think, will will definitely keep you on the right path and will create opportunities and create the success that, that you know, everyone is looking for. Absolutely fantastic. James, undoubtedly, your journey is still only in its early doors yet. Be very much looking forward to getting you back on the show. But today it was an absolute pleasure to host. Brilliant. Thank you for your time, Con. I appreciate it.